And you are tuned to Community Radio, KVMR-FM, Nevada City, KCPC Camino. Good evening, it's 6 o'clock, and my name is Claudio Mendonça. Now, normally, those of you who listen to the news regularly would be expecting our opening chimes, but tonight we are, in fact, going to do our newscast live. Given the situation that we're in, I'm talking, of course, about the highway fire that started around, oh, just a just after 2.30 p.m. this afternoon, it's burning near the little town of Washington. If you have been tuning in, you know that we've been talking with Paul Cummins. He's the program director for, excuse me, the program manager for Nevada County OES. And we've been checking in with him, and I'm going to talk to him now. Paul, welcome to KVMR, and thanks very much for your time. Good evening, Claudio. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So, Paul, you know, we've been talking. This is our third time now, so I... I imagine that we're going to repeat some stuff, but but all of it's important. Not everybody is listening all the time, and, and they may have missed it. So to start, can we talk about what the current estimate is as far as the size of the highway fire? Yeah, um, we are working to engage the incident command post to get the most up-to-date numbers. We've actually got one of our folks down there now that's going to report back to us. But last we've heard, it's still holding between 30 and 40 acres. Um, you know, we're hearing the fire behavior may have moderated a little bit, but we need to confirm that. Um, so, so still potential there, still a, a challenging area for them to, to work in. Um, and, and, and over the night, we'll have to see um, if fire behavior changes and slows down. So, so more to follow there. Very good. Okay, so we'll, we'll check in with you about that at 7 o'clock as far as whether or not the thing lays down and uh, they make good progress today. Do you have any information about containment? Were you given anything as far as current containment? Yeah, we don't have that either. Um, hopefully by 7 o'clock we'll have more there. Uh, again, we'll, we'll have to get that from the uh, Tahoe National Forest folks. Very good. I know that this thing is moving fast. There's a lot of, of agencies working together. Nevada County is, thankfully, one of the counties that is sort of held up as well, we, we, we do pretty well, so um, we will check in about that at 7 o'clock. Has there been any changes to uh, the road closures? I, I understand last time we talked, there was a road closure, I think, at Highway 20 and then another one um, at Gaston and Relief Hill. Has, is that still the case? Have any of them, are, are there any new ones? Have those been opened up? What can you tell me about that? Yeah, no, no new changes there, um, which again indicates that over the last hour, the fire behavior at least hasn't expanded. Um, so I'll just back up a little bit and just say that um, uh, zones NCOE315, uh, NCOE030, and um, you know the other one isn't loading for me now, NCOE316, uh, those three zones are all under an evacuation order. And that includes all of Washington Road and the town of Washington and um, the area of Omega. And so uh, those areas have been deemed by the sheriff's office and the, the fire unified command that um, there's a direct threat to life and property. And so um, they have enacted road closures uh, going all the way from Relief Hill and Mayburg South along Washington Road all the way up to Highway 20. That's that main road there that has been shut down. But if there are residents that are evacuating that need to use that, if it's safe to do so, local law enforcement will direct them as needed. But if you're outside the area trying to get through to the town of Washington, uh, that road is closed right now because of the heavy law enforcement and fire 
uh, presence in the areas they're working to suppress this fire. I'm sorry, Paul. I, I'm going to ask for a clarification here. Uh, did you? What about people who are who live in Nevada City? I guess the question is this: people who live in Nevada City that perhaps work in Truckee or work in Tahoe and are coming home. Is there an official word as to whether they should go around or is law enforcement allowing people through on 20 to get home to Nevada City? Yeah, I don't have that answer. Um, but from what I'm seeing, you know, on our site, it looks like they would probably be able to get through 20, but I can try to get that for you for the seven o'clock. Um, I, I would I would say there's probably going to be heavy fire and law enforcement activity in that area. And so if you could avoid it, that might be better for you to do. Right. It's a great, great reminder for our listeners that there are a lot of agency vehicles working the fire. And of course, we want to give them all the space that they need. So as we talked about last time, there was there's currently five zones that are under either a warning or evacuation, as you mentioned, NC. OE315, NCOE316, NCOE030 are evacuation orders, which which means it's a lawful order. It's it's an immediate threat to life, and you need to leave the area. As we talked about, NCO030 was elevated. It was originally in a warning, which indicates that the fire is perhaps moving in that in that direction. We've talked about how it's a very steep area. It's very tough to get into. As best as you know, is it? does it seem like the fire is still moving in that general direction? Do we have any information about its behavior currently? You know, I don't. Um, I don't have that. We are trying to get that, and we hope to have a, a more accurate uh, fire intel update, you know, that we can get from the, the, the professionals that do that for you um, at 7 o'clock. But, um, again, just based on what we're seeing from the sheriff's office and the zones, you know, the, the zones that are changing, um, we're not seeing new zones being activated. And something we didn't talk about was um, zone NCOE 015 and 318, which are the, are the zones and communities north of the Yuba River. Mm-hmm. Um, those zones are under an evacuation warning, which means get ready to go, um, that your zones could be, come under an order depending on fire behavior. Uh, when you're under a warning, those those are the folks that if you've got livestock or, you know, maybe elderly or disabled family members, now's the time to to, to get out if you require extra time to evacuate. But everyone else um, should be primed and ready to leave um, should should the fire behavior change. I did check with our uh, sheriff's uh, deputy that works here in the emergency operations center while we're on the call here, Claudio, and he confirmed um, that Highway 20 is, is open. Um, but I would just, again... Uh, encourage your listeners to use prudence as they uh, as they drive up through there because there could be potential delays uh, with with the heavy uh, traffic that's going to be there as they suppress the fire. Very good. So if you're just tor- if you're just tuning in, I'm talking to Paul Cummins. He's the uh, OES program manager for Nevada County. The question that I asked that that Paul just clarified was whether or not people who are in Truckee, people who are in Tahoe, that are coming home to Nevada City Grass Valley, whether or not they would be able to come down 20. And as he mentioned, as far as he knows, as far as we know, it is open. But again, to to echo his words, it, it's a good idea to stay away from the area, not just for safety, but also to minimize any impact on the various fire agencies that are working on this blaze at the moment. So the town of Washington, let's talk a bit about the town of Washington. It's 
it's a very rugged area. It's it's there's I think what two ways in. There's one way in through the road, which is off of 20, and then another using a forest hit, uh, service road. Can can you talk about how that evacuation? Excuse me, how that evacuation went down? Is the town? Uh, is there a law enforcement presence? Is the town uh, safe? Yeah, you know, I've been uh, we, we're working with the sheriff's office to get those details, and from what we're hearing, uh, it sounds like the evacuation is going really smoothly. Um, the main roads out are um, up Washington Road to Highway 20. So, um, and then there is a Relief Hill Road out to um, that uh, National Forest um, Highway Road. And so I don't know which route residents would have been directed. It's, it's probably going to depend on where they were located, reference the fire. But we're not hearing of any evacuation um, issues or challenges right now. Seems to be going smoothly. Very good. Uh, as mentioned, we'll check in with you at 7. Uh, before I let you go, let's... Let's just really quickly, let's talk about the resources that we've mentioned already. Tell me about the evacuation zone, or excuse me, the eva- animal evacuation center at the fairgrounds and, and where people can go as a temporary evacuation point. Sure, yeah, thank you. Um, so if there are residents who, um, who, who have been evacuated directly uh, due to this fire, they can go to the Madeline Helling Library in Nevada City and that's at 980 Helling Way, uh, and that's been set up as a temporary evacuation point. We will have county staff there throughout the evening to answer questions and provide support to residents as they um, have been displaced um, so they can get information. You know, there'll be some food and water. They can come inside, you know, take a seat and just um, and try to relax as, as we figure out what's going on. And, and, and I know the sheriff's office is going to work with uh, the fire agencies to get folks back to their homes as soon as possible. So that is a resource for folks to get information and to just um, find respite from this evacuation. And then the um, those folks who've been displaced, if they have animals, whether they be pets or livestock, they can bring those to the Nevada County Fairgrounds Gate 8, and that's at 11228 McCourtney Road in Grass Valley. And the Sheriff's Office Animal Control and the um, Animal, uh, the Sheriff's um, Heart Team is there, uh, volunteers ready to receive those animals and make sure that they're taken care of uh, throughout this incident. Very good. Paul, before I let you go, since you are the resource for this information, the county has been sending out, we've heard your voice going out on the emergency uh, broadcasts that that interrupt programming on these local radio stations, not just ours, the uh, EAS. If, if people are not aware, there is a program called Code Red, which... I was hoping you could just explain what that is, how it works, and then tell us how people can sign up if they aren't already. Sure. Uh, Real quick uh, on Code Red, it's an opt-in system. And so if you sign up for Code Red, we'll send you a text message, a phone call, and an email. And I always use the example of my friend Megan who lives um, in Lake Wildwood. You know, she signed up in Lake Wildwood for Code Red, and we send a message to her zone where she lives she'll get the message. But if she is uh, like in Nevada City uh, shopping or at school and we code read that zone, she would not get the message because code red is based on where you've registered. So that's where you need to have other tools at your disposal, like trusted news sources um, like KVMR, KNCO, UBANET, the union, um, your, your, your friend group of people who stay connected in our community. Uh, try to draw information from dis- different resources about what's happening in our community. But Code Red is a great place 
uh, what's one of the main tools that we use to message residents. The residents can sign up by calling 211, or they can go to readynevadacounty.org uh, slash uh, emergency alerts and then sign themselves up for Code Red. You did mention um, that we send messages out over the radio, uh, and then we'll put something out on TV, and then we can also um, send messages out via a wireless emergency alert that we did send one today that we know many residents received around uh, the new uh, evacuation order area for um, zone NCOE 030. And that system is based more on line of sight of cell towers, and we know that sometimes that message can proliferate and go a little further than the, than the designated area. And so that's why some residents in our county may have seen that message. But this is why it's so important that um, folks know their zone, because that message was pretty clear that zone NCOE 030 was under an evacuation order. And so if you go to community.zonehaven.com, you can make sure that you memorize your zones and the zones that are important to your family members and uh, and you'll know whether a message like that affects you or not. All right. We've been talking with Paul Cummins, Nevada County OES Program Manager. Paul, we'll check in with you at 7. Thanks a lot, Clyde. All right. Thank you. If you're just tuning in, you are listening to a live edition of the KVMR Evening News. Community radio is is really what this is about, or rather this is really what community radio is about. It's not just about fantastic music that you won't hear anywhere else. It's also about the agility to to turn on a dime and change programming. I've been getting a lot of help from the KVMR news team as well as our content director, Sean Dooley-Miller. Sean has done the great service of taking these conversations that we've been having with the county, with Paul Cummins, and placing them directly on our webpage. That's kvmr.org. It's also going to appear on the KVMR Evening News Pat podcast excuse me so if you are subscribed that'll be delivered directly to your device so with that it's six fourteen in the evening uh, we are going to cover a couple of local stories and play some of our locally produced pieces but before we do that for those people who don't have access to zone haven whether because they don't have the internet or it's not currently up for them we're going to go uh, fairly quickly, but clearly through the streets that are involved in these zones mentioned, we'll start with the evacuation zones. So we're going to start, go street by street for these zones, and then we'll get to uh, weather and stories. In the interest of time, that said, actually, I'm going to pivot here and say that we're going to go through the evacuation Orders. So an order, again, to make that difference, an evacuation order means that there's an immediate threat to life and it's a lawful order that you leave. A zone warning, an evacuation warning, means that while there is a potential threat to life, you're not required to leave yet, but it is a good idea. If you have livestock, if it's, if it's slow going, consider that a warning is, in fact, like an order prudence would would dictate. So that said, let's go through NCOE315. This is one of the zones that is under an evacuation order, a lawful order. That's Alpha Road, Fletcher Court, Jefferson Creek Road, Mayor Way, Omega Road, Phelps Hill Road, Shake Hill Road, Sovereign Road, State Highway 20, and Washington Road. Moving now to E316, that's the second zone that's under an evacuation order, a lawful order. Alice Moody Drive, Alpha Loop, Alpha Road, Blank Court, Campground Road, Crawley Circle, 
Deerson Drive, Douglas Boulevard, both north and south, Gaston Road, which I will pause and remind folks that there is a traffic control point at Gaston and Relief Hill, Hartman Drive, Lills Circle, Old Washington Road, Pine Air Road, Placer Lane, Public Road, Relief Hill Road, Scotchman Falls, Spanish Mine Road, Ted's Fault, Washington Road, and Wilson Drive. Those are all the streets that are currently under an evacuation order in NCO E316. Finally, the zone that we'll read next is the is the zone that was under a warning but has now been elevated to an order. That's NCO E030. It's a shorter one. That's Alpha Road. Some of these, of course, are overlapping. Alpha Road, Chuckleberry Drive, Last Chance Mine Road, Omega Road, State Highway 20, and U.S. U.S. Excuse me, U.S. Forest Service Road 2014 and U.S. Forest Service Road 2015. Those are all under an evacuation order. I want to again shout out the content director for KVMR, Mr. Sean Dooley Miller, who has taken this this information that I just read and placed it square on our webpage. If you do need to see those street by street, if you're in a warning, um, you can do that at kvmr.org. It's 617 in the evening. You are listening to KVMR here in Nevada City. We are in the middle of a live edition of the KVMR Evening News. We've got a couple of good stories for you at 7 o'clock, of course, on the hour. We'll get back to the fire news, but kind of shifting a bit and, and, and talking about other things. We've got two great, great stories for you. One is about the new co-op in Auburn that just opened up. That was produced by one of our KVMR producers, Julia Jim. And uh, hopefully, if we have time, we'll also get into a story about salmon brought to us by KVMR's own Al Stoller. So let's get into some local headlines very quickly. Uh, this, according to Ubinet, California has experienced a very active day of lightning. Yesterday, it's referring to yesterday, according to Ubinet, there were almost 2,200 lightning strikes detected in the whole state, the bulk of them up in Northern California, specifically Klamath, Six Rivers, Shasta, Trinity, and Mendocino National Forests getting the brunt of those strikes. Unfortunately, lightning strikes have created a lot of fires at this very moment. There is the rather large, almost 3,000-acre head fire on the Klamath National Forest. That's the largest fire in terms of fire quantity. The Six Rivers National Forest has also received around 150 lightning strikes across the entire forest area there. That's as of yesterday evening, which has resulted in about 23 confirmed fires. There is a red flag warning in effect for the area in that evening due to abundant lightning and, of course, dry fuels in that part of the state. The National Weather Service says that there is a great possibility of additional fire starts in the northern part of the state. Again, that's towards the Oregon border. Again, that brought to you from Ubinet.com, which I'll mention is another fantastic, <clears throat> excuse me, another fantastic source of information. Pascal and, and Ubinet do a fantastic job serving our community. A federal judge has extended an order that bars the city of Sacramento from clearing out homeless encampments. This is a story we've been following. This is, of course, due to the extreme conditions that we've all been dealing with. I'm talking specifically about the heat. 
Judge Troy L. Nooney said in a ruling on Wednesday that the city cannot clear camps until at least September 1st. The order was previously set to expire tomorrow. That's been extended. Instead of issuing citations when residents complain of blocked sidewalks, city employees are routinely responding to scenes and telling the campers to move their items to make room at least for a walkway. The city is asking for four feet between encampments. Noonley's order also allows the city to clear camps that are within 500 feet of a school and requires that the city of Sacramento let the Sacramento Homeless Union tour its Miller Park safe ground, which is currently a a sanctioned encampment. The union recently raised concerns uh, about, I'm speaking specifically of the Sacramento Homeless Union, that the safe ground is too hot due to tents being located directly in the sun with no shade. And so the city has agreed to provide structures over those tents in those areas for shade, as well as alternate tents like those made of canvas that provide better protection from the heat. All that from the Sacramento Bee. 620 here at KVMR. We're going to take a look at the weather now. That's courtesy of the National Weather Service here in Grass Valley and Nevada City. Tonight, a 20% chance of showers and thunderstorms after 11 p.m., with increasing clouds and a low around 71. Thursday, here in Grass Valley and Nevada City, a 20% chance of showers before 8 p.m., then partly sunny, gradually becoming completely sunny with a high near 93. And Thursday night, we're going to see mostly clear skies with a low around 65. That was for Grass Valley and Nevada City. Moving now to Truckee and Lake Tahoe. Tonight, scattered showers and thunderstorms before 8 p.m., then becoming scattered showers between 8 p.m. and 11, then progressing to scattered showers and thunderstorms after 11. Thursday, scattered showers and thunderstorms before 8 p.m., and then becoming thunderstorms after, excuse me, 8 a.m., becoming thunderstorms after 11 a.m. Otherwise, partly sunny with a high near 79. On Thursday night, we're going to see a 40% chance of showers up in the Truckee area mainly before 11 p.m., and then it'll become partly cloudy with a low around 49 degrees. And finally, for Sacramento, our listeners there in the valley, tonight mostly cloudy with a low around 69 degrees. Thursday will be sunny and hot with a high near 100. Thursday night mostly clear with a low around 64. So that is the weather and the news here at KVMR. We'll get into some stories right after this. As you're probably aware, there is a new co-op in the area. It's been in the works for some time, and it's finally here. In the 1970s, the natural foods movement took American consumers by storm, and that resulted in a number of things, carob cookies, and, and which are some of my favorites, and Santa Cruz Organics, the juice bottles that you'll see being toted around here in Nevada County. But it also became a catalyst for cooperative grocery stores. Here in Nevada County, we can see that history... We can see that history rather reflected in Briar Patch, which recently opened its second location in Auburn that's close to Bell Road. Over the weekend, KVMR's Julia Jem visited the new co-op to learn more about it and how it might function in Placer County. Have you ever been to the Briar Patch Co-op? If you live in Nevada County, there's a good chance you have, especially if you're fond of following health food trends. If you've ever eaten a blueberry chia pudding cup, you've likely been to Briar Patch. 
Public opinion of the co-op varies, but regardless of that variety, it has long held the title of Nevada County's most notable natural food store. The Briar Patch story actually began in 1976, when its first form, a cooperative retail store in an unheated warehouse, was opened near the airport on Loma Rica Drive. Originally, it was designed to mirror some of the co-ops that had begun to sprout in the Bay Area during the then-newly-emerging natural foods movement. That was when books like Eleanor Levitt's The Wonderful World of Natural Food Cookery were inspiring consumers in the masses to dismiss processed foods and embrace the cooking and preparation of something strangely familiar, yet repackaged and new. The co-ops that were populating the Bay Area were privately operated, and rather than hiring a team of staff to facilitate their operations, they functioned almost entirely through the work of volunteers. These arrangements were oftentimes called grub clubs. A select group of people who were involved with the co-ops were responsible for much of their operations and were also the only ones who consumed the products. Early Briar Patch was structured no differently, and that was mostly because its founding members had seen those grub clubs in San Francisco. It wasn't until 1981 that Briar Patch opened to the public and no longer required that shoppers volunteered. They moved to a space on Nevada City Highway before moving again to Washington Street in 1982. And then in 1992, ten years later, Nevada County's Bay Area-inspired co-op moved to Jorschke Drive, where its finances stabilized, the presence of finance and operations managers was introduced, and its initial grub club ambiance began to melt into Nevada County co-op ambiance, something entirely new. Then came 2003, when the operation moved to its current Grass Valley location, just off the Sierra College roundabout, and there it has lived until December of 2020, when it was announced that the co-op was due to receive a sibling, a Placer County location. Briar Patch had signed a lease for a second store located at the former Kmart site on Bell Road in Auburn. The co-op has deep roots in Nevada County. It's evident in its origin story, and it's even emboldened by its involvement with nonprofit organizations through its volunteer program, so it'll be interesting to see how it functions in a neighboring community. Of course, I had to check it out myself. I visited the new Auburn location on a relatively mellow Saturday afternoon and spoke with some visitors, as well as Brian, a floor manager. Here's what he had to say about the co-op's recent expansion. Were you involved with the Briar Patch in Grass Valley at all, or is this your first introduction to Briar Patch? I was, yeah. I've, uh, I've been with Briar Patch for almost seven years. I started in 2017, yeah. And so this must be pretty exciting, the new location then. It's super exciting, yeah. I, uh, I've lived in uh, Grass Valley, Nevada City my whole life. Um, recently moved down to Placer County a couple years ago and always, you know, continued to make the commute up to the Grass Valley store because I loved it so much. Um, but... Once I ha found out that this store was going to be opening, I was like, I want to be there. I want to bring Briar Patch from Grass Valley to Auburn. I want to be a manager there. Yeah, so, yeah, super excited. And is that your, excited. you're a manager then? I am, yeah. My name is Brian. I'm the front-end manager. And how has the reception been with the Briar Patch here? Has it been pretty positive? Yeah, it's been in, it's been amazing. I think on day one, like, when we first opened, we had, like, two to 300 people wrapped around oh, the wow. building. Oh, my gosh. Um, we've had a lot of really great foot traffic. Um, people are just really excited to be here. It hasn't necessarily been, like, super busy, like, sales-wise yet, but I think it's just because everybody's kind of checking everything out and yeah. getting the lay of the land and seeing our, what we're offering and all of that stuff. But I think once we've been open and established for like a week or so, we'll finally start to see that kind of like regular, yeah. regular customer Space. flow and traffic. Yeah, yeah. Like in Grass Valley. exactly. Just yeah. like in Grass Valley. 
The new location is bigger than its Grass Valley predecessor and offers options like self-checkout, which the original location still has yet to implement. Is this your first Briar Patch exposure, or are you familiar with the one in the Grass Valley? First time I've been to this one, um, and I have been to the one in Grass Valley. Love the place. Do you are you a Placer County resident? I am. You are. Do you think that this will be a valuable asset to the community in Placer County? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. What do you like about it so far? Um, well, I'm familiar with the Briar Patch uh, uh, Deli. I've eaten there, and when I'm in Grass Valley, I'll stop by there and eat at the deli. Yeah. And of course, the you know the quality products and you know, cheese selection, bread, all these things. We don't have anything like this in Auburn. Yeah. Um, so oftentimes I'm shopping down, uh, I, I work in Folsom, so I'll shop down in Folsom somewhere, you know, and bring it home. Here I'm, you know, here at home. Awesome. So, so you're yeah. going to be here often then? Uh, probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, it's the first time, uh, first time I've been in this one. Uh, I was waiting a few days for the initial rush to, you know, boil down a little yeah. bit. That was Andy, a shopper that I spoke with, and while he doesn't yet plan on becoming a member of the co-op, he expressed that he'll likely become a regular. I also talked to Josie, who was juggling a basket full of kombucha when I approached her. Is this your first time coming to a Briar Patch, or are you familiar with the one in Grass Valley? Yes, I'm familiar. Cool. And are you a Placer County resident? I am. Do you think that this will be a valuable asset to the community here? I think so. It's another option for a healthy, um, you know food option so yeah I think so. Do you like it so far? Yeah it's I think it's a little small for the area but um, I do like it. Will you be regular? regular Probably I live like five minutes from here so yeah. (laughs) The Briar Patch Co-op seems to have come a long way since its grub club beginnings at the height of the natural foods movement in the 1970s. With over 10,000 members there's no denying that it's become an important staple of our community. Whether you love it, hate it, or just stop by to get your rosewater face spray. For KVMR, I'm Julia Jim. And that was Julia Jim talking about the newest addition to the Briar Patch family, the co-op in Auburn. You've been listening to a live edition of the KVMR Evening News. My name is Claudio Mendonça. Big, big thanks go out to Sierra Custom Inc. Sierra Custom Inc. locally owned and supporting small businesses by helping with brand recognition custom uniforms, promotional products, and more. Now offering products with water-based inks on Loma Rica Drive in Grass Valley and at sierracustominc.com. And Sierra Ambulatory Surgery Center, providing outpatient ophthalmic surgical procedures, interventional pain management, also surgeries of the foot and ankle since 2006. On Sierra College Drive in Grass Valley, Sierra Ambulatory Surgery Center, at sasconline.com. Support for KVMR's Future Radio Project comes from AJA Video Systems, empowering the next generation of local journalists and broadcasters. A big thanks to the KVMR Evening News team, as well as our content director, Sean Dooley-Miller. Thanks to Julia Jem, Kelly Reese for all the help today. Check us out on the web, kvmr.org. Subscribe to the KVMR News and the KVMR Instagram and uh, check us out on the podcast. Definitely stay tuned. You're not going to want to miss it. Up next, we have another wonderful edition of The Sages Among Us. The Office of the County Council provides legal representation and advice to the Board of Supervisors. And tonight, host Keith Porter will talk to Kit Elliott. She's Nevada County County Council. So stay tuned for that. You are listening to Community Radio. My name is Claudia Mendoza. Have a great evening.